Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Tell your chico pit boomers 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now that's, that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we always talking about striving and achievement and, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple podcast. Podcast one. Spotify. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new Collider Spoiler Review. Right now, I am going to talk Dr. Sleep with Mark Riley. We're back in the room. Hells yes. It's, we, we needed to. We did our non-spoiler review. We couldn't really talk. We were talking around the ending, yeah. which was one of my biggest things for this movie. Mm-hmm. But good to know, though, that this movie has really stuck with me. Yeah. So I, you don't need a warning, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. We're talking about the ending and much more of Dr. Sleep, all of which are going to be considered spoilers. So yep. if you have not seen the movie, goodbye. And, you know, just to, <laughs> just, in case, goodbye. just in case we give any book spoilers, I feel like, you know, we'll we'll raise the red flag there. But we are probably going to talk about the differences between the book and the film right now. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's. I wonder, yeah, can we do spoilers? We'll get that red flag. I think we kind of have to because really the adaptation process weighs very heavily on how I feel about certain spoiler Mm -hmm. issues I'm going to bring up. So it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. That's fine. Do you want to start with the ending? Because I know that's what you had the strongest feelings about. I did. I had the strongest feelings about this. I felt that, one, this is a fantastic adaptation, I will say, of the movie. Uh, of the book to the movie for the two-thirds, mm-hmm. as I mentioned in my original review. It was the ending where we went back to the Overlook Hotel that I felt like we got a sort of shining greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. And that was tough for me because that's when I really kind of got pulled out of the movie because I had been following along with the True Knot, with uh, Danny Torrance's kind of relationship with Abra and how it was dire. And mm-hmm. it was in a, and and I was so excited to just know that when you have Mike Flanagan, who did one of the greatest series on Netflix in The Haunting of Hill House, I was so excited to think, my God, we're going back to the Overlook. I was so in. I was so excited. And what pulled me out was because we kind of got uh, just the the shots. That were so iconic from Stanley Kubrick's original Shining film, The Twins, mm-hmm. The Elevator of Blood. I did really enjoy 
the change in the novel that we got when Dan sat down and had a drink or lack thereof with yeah. his father who then became Lloyd. And that's the Kubrick kind of mythology coming in there that the caretaker then becomes the kind of the bartender. Yeah. You know, And that was a great touch. Very much loved it. Loved the kind of catharsis that Dan Torrance had facing his father who was offering him a drink. Mm -hmm. And I loved that moment especially. It was when we got the ghosts and the replay of The Shining, the classic character, the classic ghost I should say, that then took out um, uh, Rose the Hat. Mm -hmm. And I know that the, part of that is from the book yeah, as well. A bit. Um, but it was – it just – Took me out of the movie, and but and I want to talk through it with you because I'm I find myself torn. I gave this thing a seven point five in the spo in the in the in the review. Mm -hmm. Like I said, this movie is sticking with me, and it's been slowly going up, and it's been slowly staying with me. Where I'm like, I need to see this again. I really yeah. need, I, and I have, and I, I've only seen it once. And you can either you know yell at me at Twitter for that for not having the you know going in deep diving for the second time, but. It's the sign of a good movie. Mm -hmm. This movie is really, really good. And it's the ending that, you know, I'm going to work through with you, yeah, Perry. Yeah. I, I, well, we'll talk about I, it. I, I did love I mean, a lot of it. You don't have to like it either. You could still not No, like I know. It. Yeah, and that's that's what stuck with me the most is like, oh, man, there was something about that ending that mm -hmm. just really just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, but again, it, 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 it keeps coming back. I really enjoyed the, the idea of him using the boxes that – the, you know, mm -hmm. he had all those ghosts locked into, and then we go into the maze, and it's like, and they all open, and I love that. I love that. So it's, it's interesting. How about you? One criticism I have about the boxes is I wonder if there were too many boxes because, you know, that shot where we get a whole bunch of familiar faces from The Shining converge mm. that almost felt like a tiny bit hokey to me. That's I I, I felt the same way. It felt like. I didn't feel like there were ghosts as much as they – that's where it really took me out and went – And if I remember correctly, I feel like Dan has fewer lockboxes in his head. Like there's such – it's so specifically about uh, Miss Massey and I forget one of the last ones that, that – uh, you know, book spoiler here – that goes after Sari when she's hiding with a sickle. Oh, like yeah. one one specific one goes after her. I forget yeah. the name. But, mm -hmm. but I feel like the specificity of that – made it more impactful than, hey, look at all these ghosts you remember from The Shining. Right, right. I mean, this is also where, in a sense, Flanagan has no choice but to write himself in a corner. And I think this is the best version of the story that honors both the Stephen King source material and the Stanley Kubrick movie. That's where you find the biggest challenge. So yeah, with the – so I'm going to – Say spoilers right now for the Doctor Sleep book and the Shining book, so Great. be warned. But the big thing that I like more about the Stephen King source material compared to the Kubrick movie, and I still freaking love that movie. Yeah, yeah. But one of my favorite elements of the book is that Jack gets redemption. Yeah. The the overlook burns to the ground in that book, yes. which I like that uh, Flanagan took that and put that in this movie. I thought it was a nice nod to the change in the book, but mm -hmm. I, I missed that redeeming moment. And while I did kind of like the conversation that happens at the bar, I also don't necessarily think Henry Thomas worked as well as he could have in that role. I just, you know, after we had the, the pitch perfect Dick Halloran and also Wendy Torrance, right. that one felt 
felt like it was like at a tier below to me. But the dialogue and the conversation worked. But still, I I miss Jack having his redemptive moment. And that's something that we get in Doctor Sleep, the book too, with yeah. the with the with like the ending with Rose and everything, like. Dan knows his dad is there and he's there in a different way. He's there in a helpful way. And that's what the the Overlook was all about in the book. Right. It wasn't necessarily that Jack Torrance was pure evil through and through. Yes, he had many vices and he could be manipulated by the force that was the Overlook. But the Overlook turned him. Right. And and that's that's a fascinating point that I completely agree with you, Perry, because this movie treats – Jack Torrance as still that there's no redemptive qualities yeah. because The Shining, the movie, Kubrick's movie, no redemption. He chased him in the in the hedge and it is different than the source material, chases him in the maze, dies, freezes to death out there. Then we come to Dr. Sleep. He's he's the Lloyd, the caretaker mm-hmm. that is now forced to serve the, 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 the ghost of the Overlook for, for all of eternity and he tries to push Dan Torrance to – Break his um, sobriety and and become one, mm-hmm. so to speak, and that you know, no redemption for yeah. Jack Torrance, and so it's and then the difference when we go then to and and again this the source material is so important to me, so I am going to bring it up in this movie because I know um, yeah. you know we're some both, people say hey readers. this is a movie you you have to judge the movie and not the source material. I get that. We can I'm, judge both at the same time. Though. It's impossible not to when you have such an affinity and love for the source mm-hmm. material to not bring it into this idea of the movie or mm-hmm. the review of the movie. But the the book, the end of the book was so powerful for me because the Jack Torrance ghost helps Dan Torrance again, mm-hmm. and it was such a beautiful moment for me that I really I, I remember reading that part really almost tearing up. Mm-hmm. And again, a very big departure from the book to the movie is Dan Torrance dies at the end in this movie and he lives in the book. So it's like, wow. Well, another element I missed from the book that I thought was very strong. And, I, you know, I understand why you got to take the character of Momo out of a two and a half hour movie. But Momo is a very important person in Abra's life. And I, I did really like the touch of having believers and non-believers around Abra. But Momo's passing and what that does for Dan's abilities at the Overlook, I think, creates for, I think, lends itself to a richer third act blowout in a right, way. Right. But, you know, the second you take the true knot and you whittle them down to a group of what was it like seven versus the many more that Rose has in the book. Yeah. You know, maybe you don't necessarily need that. But I, I did think that that the way everything plays out in the third act in the book was a little more compelling. And also this this brings up a believability issue in the book, too. So in the movie, I mean. So in the book. I always say opera, by the way, and I'm always going to because I knew an opera in high school. So I've I've always had a hard time shaking that. Abra Abra. Abra in the book, in the end, isn't physically there. Right. That's right. Which is important. It's only Dan and Billy, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, I thought the change to to Billy's death was like that was very well done. Yeah, I I was way behind that as well. It was great. The Abra thing, the Abra not be the Abra being there in the movie, though, brings me back to a very specific moment, a beat that I found very, very off. Mm. It's that moment when she's in the car with uh, with Dan and her father had just died and her mother calls and she's just like, I'm fine, mom. And then, yeah. Yeah, it it to see that's who, who does that? That's that's where out the window. That's where it, it it pulled me out of the movie. And books aside, 
movies aside, I don't think that just, beat worked for anyone. It just was very unbelievable that you know the daughter. There would be a nationwide band hunt for him uh, for Abra, and Dan Torrance would be at the center of this. Richie so Stone would probably drop dead, right? So it 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 was a little out there to believe that because yeah. So, and I understand the changes that they're making because. What was great that did work for this, for me at least, is that they did weave in the Stanley Kubrick film. Mm -hmm. And I understand that when you are at Warner Brothers and this is a business and you want to adapt the Stephen King book that was a sequel to The Shining book, which took many deviations away from Mm -hmm. that in the Kubrick film, you're going to have to make some changes. So I get it. And for the most part, it worked. For me, 90 percent of it worked. I think it's an extremely good marriage of the two. It really is. is. It was not an easy thing to achieve whatsoever. And there's certain things that Flanagan does throughout where it's like visuals that I know from the book that I can't believe how he brought them to screen. I mean, in particular, the stuff at the supermarket, the way way he reflects the rotation, a lot of that. It was was gorgeous for me. You don't just like. Wing it in a sense. Some some of that stuff has to be planned so meticulously, and there are so many moments in the movie where it's like if the cut wasn't at that particular second, it wouldn't have worked as well. Yeah, and it was never more apparent for me than the killing, the true not killing of the baseball. Oh my god, the boy. that was vicious. It was vicious, and it is a it is you know. Listen, people like kids are dying in this thing horribly. Yeah. And it was something that was very uncomfortable. And he did handle it with a very keen eye on Mm -hmm. direction and tone and and horror. Yeah. And it was a truly horrific moment that was straight from the book that I loved in that how uncomfortable it made me feel, how it moved the story along and how it painted the true knot as just truly, truly evil beings that need the, the steam from this boy to survive. Sure, but my God, was it hard to watch? Oh, yeah. And that's a good horror m- moment because I, was... I, I, I mean, we need that as horror fans. Oh, it was brilliant. I it thought was. that was so well done. And big round of applause to uh, Jacob Tremblay. I mean, I, I don't know. I just can't imagine being a child actor and doing a scene like that. I know. It's a I, lot, couldn't, I couldn't believe that he was a, he was the actor for that. Um, it's a great example of creating terror without showing too much, which uh, I think uh, just enough. many out there could learn a little from Flanagan with having that kind of restraint. Yeah, absolutely. But um, it, it really was this movie. It, it's interesting that it, it has stuck with me that, you know, I could walk out of it so charged with how the ending landed with me and then to have it be so charged mm-hmm. to, to change into like a well I have to judge it again and I have to see it again and then the movie the entire movie then kind of coming in being like this is one of the best horrors that I've seen um, for for an adaptation of a Stephen King book I mean this this really is it really stuck with me so uh, I'm, I'm glad that it did and it's a sign of a good movie that Flanagan did really knock it out of the park as far as the the two thirds of the movie that I keep oh, saying yeah. it's it it almost feels like for me that the shining elements that didn't work for me were studio that that what the studio might have been really how, how so you mean like the ability of the shining and the use of it no the the idea that the studio Warner Brothers wants a shining they want a sequel to the movie yeah they want a okay. shining sequel because that's what's going to pack the butts in the seats I don't even know if I would think that that might have been a studio th- I, it just like, kind of say and it, maybe just, it is Flanagan and, and I, wanting to, to to pay homage to yeah. The the, the shiny movie. I think that's where it comes from more Probably. than that. like a reverence for everything. Yeah, reverence. Uh, yeah, I'd buy that. It's just.
just again, I'm trying to work through my feelings on this ending mm-hmm. that why it didn't land with me when I loved the idea when we were driving back to the Overlook. And this is pretty much why. This is what I've been saying. Because of Haunting of Hill House and, and his use of like these ghosts in the background mm-hmm. that were so incredibly yeah. scary, I would have loved to see because – the recreation of the Kubrick shots of the twins in the hallway, the, the elevator of blood, we've seen that. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen variations of that through the eyes of, of Flanagan, meaning okay. like they're the twins in the background as you walk in, kind of taking what he did I in Haunting of Hill House, where we, we're not recreating Stanley Kubrick shots. Mm-hmm. We are utilizing the ghosts themselves and doing something different. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think a good example of doing that is having the elevator but putting the focus on Rose's reaction to it. Yeah. That was something that was different because she had a unique reaction to everybody else. She did. Else. She was great and I loved that reaction. I did think the blocking in the stair sequence was genius though. Yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. I, that was so the so reversal well done. of it, oh, it was I, so perfect. I could have just watched that scene on loop yeah. over and over and over again. And it did and it did really I did love going back to the overlook and seeing it all kind of recreated and be like, oh, my God, now they're going to be in the stairwell like you were just mentioning. Can I ask you a weird continuity question? Sure. This, cro- this crossed my mind. So when Wendy is in the bathroom and Jack is like hacking at the door with the uh, with the axe, uh, axe w- Danny crawled out the window, right? I think he did, yeah. I was just – I don't know. It crossed my mind that the window was shut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, I, uh, Shouldn't the window have been open? Unless oh, oh, I mean, for right. all I know, maybe like some sort of law enforcement came and like closed some sure, doors and stuff. Sure, <laughs> well, like the ghost probably very, did it. Ghost is very, like you're letting the cold air in. A very like random detail that crossed <laughs> my mind. I don't know why I just harped on that. Hysterical. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't notice, but I mean, but it's that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's actually a really good point, Perry, because. You're getting people that enjoy The Shining so much that are going to then come in here because um, I think I, – I'll, I'll speak for my co-host of Rula too. I mm-hmm. know that Dr. Sleep did not work for yeah, him yeah. because of his reverence for The Shining. And for that, I understand it because of mm-hmm. my problems with the ending. So when you have these – Sweaties, as it were, for the Shining movie, and you're noticing the it was the window open or not. That's where you're walking a line here. And overall, I would say Flanagan hit it. He walked yeah. the line. Just for me in particular, it was just like mm, I just wanted those little changes where, because the ghosts of the Overlook are there. They are they they live in that thing. I loved when Dan walks in and all the lights come on. Yes, give it to me. I loved all of that. It's just the recreation of the Stanley Kubrick iconic shots where it's just like we didn't put it something differently. You know, like wouldn't it be great if the elevator opened up? And this is just a personal opinion of mine. You know, maybe it's not great. But the elevator opens up instead of the blood, it's the twins in there. You know what I mean? Instead of instead of that, it's it's like it it just felt like it's like so these ghosts are all going to do the same thing over yeah. and over again to everybody so maybe that is maybe that's what flanagan was going with is that these ghosts are actually you know cursed to live the same kind of purgatory over yeah. and over and over again so at this point in the hallway the ki- the the twins are there at this point uh of of room 237 this happens because mm-hmm. i did enjoy that recreation yeah, as yeah, well I did too. um so it's weird it's it, it's interesting that i'm still working through these things mm-hmm. 
Sign of a good movie, though. I yeah. think. I, I think it really does um, make make the case that you you have to one hundred percent see this in the in the theaters. I really liked the recreation of yeah. some of Kubrick's style. I think the only the the only two issues I have with the third act is, like I said, the hokiness of you know seeing all the ghosts come together. I think right. it was just like. It was too many of them. Mm-hmm. Almost like if it was only Miss Massey, the bathtub lady, mm-hmm. if it was only her that took out Rose, I feel like that would have more meaning because she's yeah. someone that is so specifically haunted Dan all of his life. But right. The other thing goes back to, I mean, I guess logic issues. And it also ties back to the fact that Abra is with him in the third act of the book and not necessarily projecting herself there. Mm-hmm. The part where they pull up to the overlook and he's like, stay in the car all by yourself. I got to go wake it up. Like, you don't have to wake it up by yourself. Let her walk in there with you. I didn't understand that either. I mean, there's one line that does kind of justify it, but it still felt like a stretch where he says to her, like, I did. And it's like, You'll you know, see it's, her a, coming. it's a sick place. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, he could see her coming, but also, like, he doesn't want her with the, the abilities that he had as a child in there for any longer than she has to be. But sure. Sure. I don't know. That still felt like a missed beat, too. And it's almost like it felt like a little bit of a of a missed beat that was just there to service, you know, like splitting them up and mm-hmm. having her run through the hallway and into certain characters. It's just the, the first two thirds of the movie feels so, so refined. And then I think it unwinds a little in the third act. Yeah. But again, as a book lover and a film lover. There's like an undeniable appeal in seeing him recreate certain things and bring these two pieces of source material together. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And um, taking the book side out of it um, and just focusing on the movie, it is working pretty well as a sequel to The Shining. Mm-hmm. I think it really does. Yeah. But I think it was interesting for me because I was watching it knowing that the book was coming to life before my eyes for that with the true knot and the weirdness of the – of the looking through the window and then Rose floating through yeah. and, and, and like all of that I was that loving. That was great. And I immediately traveled outside of my body and went, I wonder how audiences are going to take this because I was ready for it because yeah. of the book because it is weird. It, it is oh, extremely weird. weird because if you look at a at a Hollywood call sheet or you look at a poster, you look at a, a, a pitch on just a piece of paper and you go sequel to The Shining. Yeah. What jumps out in your head to that? It's like, what would that look like? Focus on Dan. Great. I don't think I would have ever thought of the true knot as as essentially vampires that that suck the the literal soul of the body of of these special kids. And um, that to me was fascinating. I thought it was so well done. This isn't uh, a negative about the movie because I think the way that he balanced the true knot, Abra and Dan – so well, the fact that he made so many characters feel so full, I was very impressed by all yeah. that. But in my re-listen to Doctor Sleep, I really do think the True Knot calls for an entire movie. There are yeah. so many elements that make them like super unsettling, like how they can travel the country to you know sites of nat of of disasters, natural or or man caused, and right. how they feed off of that. That is extremely unsettling. Yeah, yeah. You know, to that point, nine eleven. That was the, a big part of the book. That the nine eleven connection across the board. Abra is, and the True Knot. Yeah, because Abra in the book nine eleven happens, mm-hmm. and she literally feels yeah the death of over two three thousand people, and True Knot are are there witnessing the steam and and how. 
how it really does. And, and I would have liked to, to see that as well. But then again, you, I understand yeah. this is already a oh, long yeah. movie. So that's would, not necessarily would, a criticism. It was just like like a very powerful detail that jumped out at me on my re-lesson. I would have loved it. I mean, if we're playing with a little bit of Monopoly money here, yeah, yeah. to to cut the book in half, two movies, so you could focus more on the true not in one. But but that's like really nitpicky yeah. because I think he really took the essence, the steam, as it were, <laughs> of the true knot and got it there on screen oh, because we sure. really rose the hat. I mean, I saw your wonderful article on Collider.com. You should check out um, with, with uh, Rebecca Ferguson. She is wonderful. She is wonderful. And a true knot prequel would be a rose the hat prequel. Oh, Give I would it take to me. it in a heartbeat. I think that's a fantastic idea because it is one of the better kind of um, creations that the master of horror yeah. could do. It's like, you know, you think vampire. No, they're not vampires. There's something else. But it's also – it's something – yes, they are the villains of the film, but there's yeah. also something about them that makes you want to spend time with them. Yes. And I think that's something that comes through very, very strongly in the book, that they, they feel like a family. They definitely still feel like a family mm-hmm. here. It's just you get a couple more of those in-between moments that not only show you you know the bigger plan of the true knot, but those those quieter beats where you know they're, they're just friends, family, they're, lovers. They're Family. Hanging out, and you know, in a sense, they're they're doing terrible things to survive, but they're also just trying to survive, yeah. and that's just a very interesting mentality that I think could only be served well for for an entire movie. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, but yeah, overall, I really loved them, especially how they die. What is it? What did they cycling? Cycling. Oh boy, there was one thing that I think was visual visualized so oh. perfectly. Rough, not, brutal. Not oh. necessarily what I was picturing. Like I think I was more when I was reading was more hung up on, you know, like just the 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 pain and like not even just like physical pain of the person who's cycling, but what it was like for all of them to to, to watch and know that it was happening. And yeah. you know, in the book it's a much more drawn out period where they could tell someone's sick. And it's also like the measles thing from the book. Oh right. There yeah. was another detail that I did miss a little bit that I found so like that is just a very interesting piece of world building. So I think I think the point I'm getting at, because I don't want any of this to sound like a criticism of the movie, he had two and a half hours to work with and yeah. I think he filled that time exceptionally well. Yeah, I think he nailed but it. But I want a True Not movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't pass up a True Not movie, yeah. a Rose the Hat movie. I think overall just really, I, I'm doubling down on that. This movie has stuck with me. It really has. And that's a, that's a sign of a good filmmaker and Mike Flanagan in this movie, a great, great horror movie. And just the little things at the end I think is worth seeing. Um, I can't wait to see it again now because mm-hmm. the more I've been talking about it now, I really do want to revisit like – Oh, I will be rewatching the the, 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 the end at the Overlook um, and uh, and seeing if it lands on me a little bit different. I'm curious. I'm curious to get a second take from you. Yeah. I mean uh, I felt the pressure going in for my first viewing because again, like you, I adore the book. I adore the source material and I was nervous. I was yeah. nervous to see it uh, brought the screen. But yeah. the second time around when I knew exactly what I was getting and I could appreciate some of the details that maybe didn't even sink in before. Right. I mean, another shout out to the score of this movie. Oh, I yeah. think it just, it, it really just like the, 
way it weaves the familiar tones from the Kubrick movie DS into Eddie. the new score here. The, yeah, it's yes. it's it's the the shining is the DS Eddie, which means the death. It's death in the you know kind of dun dun yeah. dun dun. It's so good. Yeah, and I did enjoy when we get back to the Overlook and that music plays. Oh my god! And instead of it that, being during the day, shot, it's night. It, it was that's like that a dr- great that drone shot and mm-hmm. the slight flip. I. I thought that all set the tone so beautifully. Yeah, I thought it was really great. I mean, that that was a keen eye to have. You know, the original Shining plays during daytime as they're mm-hmm. driving up, and it's that great shot, helicopter shot. Oh, but yeah. then we do it at night in Doctor Sleep, and I love the the dualness of this, the flipping it on its head. It's the opposite of what we got at the beginning of Shining. Now we're going in in pure darkness, and how does that affect Dan Torrance, which mm-hmm. I love. Shout out to Ewan McGregor, one of oh, my yeah. favorites working today. He is he is Dan Torrance, and I loved him in this movie. Yeah, the more I talk about it, I got to see this again. So I, yeah. I, I I'm very I'm very pleased that it really worked out. To take the book out of it, this is a good movie. This yeah. is a great horror movie, and my my stuff with the Shining references and the end of this movie. I, I guarantee are going to land differently with a lot of people out there. So, you know, don't take what I have to say on that as a like, oh, that, I'm not going to go see yeah. it. If you love The Shining, if you love the books, if you love Stephen King, if you love Mike Flanagan, see this mm-hmm. movie. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. All right, guys. Those were our spoiler-filled thoughts on Dr. Sleep. And now, of course, it's your turn. Hit the comment section below. It's going to be a spoiler-filled chat down there. Yep. So have at it, but, you know, restrict yourself. Keep your spoiler comments to this particular video because mm-hmm. it's a safe space for that. Riley, thank you so much for having this conversation My with pleasure, me. of course. To everybody out there, thank you for watching. Like and share this video, and we will see you soon with more spoiler reviews. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Stay little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 